Before we begin, I'd like to dedicate today's Divriyotayra to our brothers and sisters of Klal Yisrael in the Ukraine who are going through such difficult times and for many people um, life-threatening times. And of course our, our hearts and our minds and our tefillahs are with them. Hashem should watch over them, protect them, shield them and save them and bring them to a state of happiness, a state of geula, of redemption from all these difficulties, redemption for them in every way, and redemption for all of Klal Yisrael, for the coming of Mashiach, may it be very, very speedily. This week's Shabbos, we read Parshas Pikudei, it's called Shabbos Chazak, we say Chazak, Chazak, Vinis Chazek, a Shabbos of strengthening ourselves, as we finish the second Chumash of the Torah, we finish the Chumash Shemais, with this Parsha, Parshas Pikudei. It's the end of an entire Chumash, and it's also the, the end of a number of parshias, five parshias that dealt with the building, the mitzvah, and the building, the creation of the Mishkan, the tabernacle that was going to be with Klal Yisrael, which of course is the forerunner for ultimately the Beis HaMikdosh in Yerushalayim. The parsha begins with the words, Ela Pikudei HaMishkan, Mishkan HaEdus. These are the countings of the Mishkan, as Meshur Rabbeinu goes, uh, goes ahead and counts all the details of the Mishkan, all the, all the details and the vessels and everything that went into the Mishkan. But it uses the word Mishkan twice. Mishkan, Mishkan HaEdus, the Mishkan of Edus, of testimony, the, t- the testimony that Hashem is with, with Klal Yisrael. But again, Chazal, our masters of blessed memory, um, look at the words of the Psukim and see that the word Mishkan says twice. And they explain that the word Mishkan, which means a sanctuary for Hashem, also is the Hebrew word of Mashkoin, which is collateral. Collateral is taken from someone to see to it that a debt will be collected. And it says that, the, that ultimately the Mikdash, the Holy Temple, the Beis HaMikdash, is going to be taken by Hashem as collateral twice. And of course they're referring to the two Batei Mikdash, the two Holy Temples that were destroyed. The first Beis HaMikdash built in Yerushalayim by Shlem HaMelech, which was ultimately destroyed by the Babylonians. And then the second Beis HaMikdash, that was built by Ezra and Nehemiah and was ultimately destroyed by the Romans. And Chazal are telling us that, that this Pasuk, in the beginning of this week's Parsha, is already hinting to, alluding to that story, that there's going to be two Batei Mikdash in Yerushalayim, and they're going to be taken by Hashem as collateral, so to speak, and taken because we're not deser- we weren't deserving of them at that time, and taken from us until the time when Mashiach will come and build the third and final Beis HaMikdash. The Zayar HaKadosh, the Holy Zayar, says that the reason why the first two Batei Mikdash were destroyed and could be destroyed is because they were built by man. They were made by human beings. Uh, versus the third Beis HaMikdash, which will be created when Mashiach will come, that will be built by Hashem Himself. And the Zayar says, work made by man is bound to be ultimately destroyed. Because man is limited and therefore his creations are limited as well. Only something made by Hashem has that nature of that everlasting quality and can be forever. In fact, the Zayar says all of this is alluded to in a Pasuk in Tehillim, which says, Im Hashem lo shav omlu boy. That if Hashem is not the one who builds the house, ultimately all the work that was put into it is going to be in vain because that house, that building, that edifice is going to be destroyed. And this, says the Zayar again, is the difference between these first two holy temples, first two Batei Mikdash that were made by man and therefore ultimately were destroyed versus the third that Hashem himself will build and therefore will never be destroyed, says the Zayar. Interestingly though, although of course that's the truth as far as the three Batei Mikdash, there is another edifice that was never destroyed. And that's the Mishkan. The Mishkan that Moshe Rabbeinu made was never destroyed. When it came time to build the Beis HaMikdash, so the Mishkan was dismantled 
and was hidden, was nignaz, was hidden. And the Gemara tells us in Masech Saita that the reason for this is because the Mishkan was made by Moshe Rabbeinu, and anything made by Moshe cannot be destroyed. And the question here is, isn't this a contradiction to what we said earlier? Earlier we said from the Zohar that the, the Bate Mikdash, the Holy Temples, were destroyed because they were made by man. And only the third Besam Mikdash won't be because it's made by Hashem. But then we turn around and we see that the Mishkan that's made by Moshe, also by man, um, is never destroyed. And the Gemara says it can't be destroyed. How do we reconcile this? And the Rebbe explains and says, because Moshe Rabbeinu, although of course Moshe Rabbeinu is a human being, but Moshe Rabbeinu is so nullified to Hashem. Moshe is called the ultimate Eved Hashem, the ultimate servant to Hashem. We say in our davening on Shabbos, Yismach Moshe b'mat Chalke, Moshe should rejoice with his great lot, ki Eved nem on because he's called the ultimate, the true and most faithful servant to Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu is so nullified to Hashem that what Moshe does is really Hashem doing through him. It's not looked at as something that he is doing independently, but rather he's 100% the agent of Hashem so that his, the work of his hands also has that everlasting quality that only Hashem has because it's Hashem working through Moshe. And that's why the Mishkan, like the third Beis HaMikdash, has that everlasting quality to it. Interestingly, we find another common denominator, if you will, between the Mishkan and the third Beis HaMikdash versus the first two. And that's the Oren. The Holy Oren, which is the holiest part of the sanctuary, of the Mishkan or the Beis HaMikdash. So when it comes to the second Beis HaMikdash, the, the Holy Oren was not there at all. It was, never, it was never there in the time of the second Beis HaMikdash. Even in the third Beis even in the first, I'm sorry, it was there at the beginning, but ultimately was hidden. The King Yeshio um, hid the Aaron under the Temple Mount so that it was not present in the first Beis HaMikdash all the way through. On the other hand, in the Mishkan, the Aaron was always there. And in the third Beis HaMikdash, the Aaron will always be there. So here we see another common denominator connected with the everlasting nature of the Mishkan and the third Beis HaMikdash, that it was them, Again, the Mishkan that was and the third base Amikdash that will be that the Oren, the, the Oren, which again is the center, the place of the, where Hashem rests directly in the base Amikdash, in the Kodesh HaKadosh, in the Holy of Holies, the Oren was there fully and therefore the base Amikdash will, the third base Amikdash will be there forever and the Mishkan could never be destroyed because the Oren was always there. Again, that idea that that which is most directly connected with Hashem has that everlasting quality and that everlasting nature so that the first, the Mishkan was created by Moshe Rabbeinu, the Eved Hashem, and the Oren of Hashem was always there and therefore it's everlasting. The third base of Mikdash is created by Hashem himself and the Oren will be there and therefore it will be everlasting as well. We've discussed a number of times that the story of the Mishkan and the Besamikdash is, of course, about a physical edifice, but it's also about making that Mishkan and that Mikdash within our own selves, within our own homes, within our own avoida, as Chazal tells us famously, Vashachanti Besaycham, I will rest amongst every Jew through making that Mishkan. What's the message here about the Oren being the center of the Mishkan, the Moshe Rabbeinu? that makes it everlasting in our own service, in our own mikdash that we built. And in short, the idea is the following. We have different aspects of our service of Hashem. And those aspects are represented by the Mizbeach. There's the external Mizbeach, the Mizbeach of the outer courtyard in the Mishkan and Beis HaMikdash. There's the internal Mizbeach. All of that represents different levels 
of a person's avoida, a person's service to Hashem. But then there's the Aram. The Aram represents the very essence of a person's neshama, what we call the yechida, the essence of one's soul, the place where Mesiras Nefesh comes from. That part of us that's so totally connected to Hashem is in a state of total union with Hashem, and the part where the Jewish people throughout the generations have that ability to even give their very lives for Hashem because of their their intrinsic or the essential connection with Hashem that's above and beyond anything else. When that power of mysterious nefesh, when we access the essence of our nefesh, of our soul, when our service of Hashem is not just because we love Hashem or because we understand Hashem or because we, we learn his, his, his beautiful Torah and do His mitzvahs, but it's deeper than that. It reaches our very essence that we're totally devoted and dedicated to Hashem to the point of mysterious nefesh, to the point of the, the, uh, our, our willingness to give everything for Hashem, then our service is everlasting. Then nothing can ever conquer us, if you will. Nothing can ever overcome us. Nothing can ever sever our connection to Hashem. When our internal Aron, which is also called, by the way, the Moshe Rabbeinu, which is at the very essence of our Neshama. The Alter Rebbe in Tanya famously tells us that every Jew at the essence of the Neshama has a spark of Moshe Rabbeinu himself. That Moshe Rabbeinu, that essence of our Neshama, that is everlasting, that's eternal. And when that is revealed within ourselves, then it can never be destroyed, it can never be conquered, it can never be taken from us. And that's the, the lesson and the idea of the Mishkan. And the third base Hamikdash, where the Aron is present, it's connected to Meshe Rabbeinu, and therefore has that everlasting quality, ensuring that we have and we maintain our everlasting relationship and connection with Hashem, revealed in every part of our being, every part of our life, and every part of our Avedis Hashem. Have a wonderful Shabbos.